Welcome to Marketing with Soul on the Relevant Podcast channel, where we discuss how to make healthcare relevant to modern consumers. I'm Jared Johnson, founder of the Shift Forward Health Production and Marketing Group. And I'm Peter Balistre, Director of Communications for the WVU Medicine and the Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute. Our goal here is to open your eyes to the many ways in which organizations are marketing to and engaging with modern consumers about their health. We'll guide you through three segments, each based on parts of a soul song, the hook, the groove, and the call. These episodes are fast moving, so let's get right into it, Peter. The hook today is about the benefits of full value-based care for Medicare Advantage members, which means we're talking about ChenMed. So ChenMed, the full risk provider here, providing care for Medicare Advantage members. So I'm a fan of these guys, but we're going to focus on their marketing messages today because they really have some interesting positioning statements. This is where I'm really trying to dig down and, and look at how do they represent themselves? What's their position? What's their value proposition to a consumer? Because what we see a lot of what you and I have talked about already through our previous episodes is that just because there's an awesome innovative care model or there's an awesome new experience, somebody's made something easier or simpler along the way, that doesn't mean that consumers know it and trust it yet. So how do we do that? How do we help innovative brands make consumers aware of that and and trust that this is a place that they can get care? So what Chenman has done in a lot of ways is focus very simply on a couple of core messages. So we'll dive right into the groove here, but first, just on this thought of the benefits of full value-based care, Peter, what what are some first thoughts here? You know, I, I had to do a little bit of background uh, checking on, on ChenMed. Pretty interesting though, um, you know, very, very, you know, specific to senior-focused primary care um, and, and, and they make no bones about it. Um, I love what they've done with some of their, their kind of phrases and, and kind of how they approach it. You know, they're, they're talking about how they understand seniors and that they, you know, there's a spectrum of, of primary care needs that they have. And they talk about things like high touch care. They use that quite a bit. I love that. And, you know, senior focused concierge care. So these are, these are phrases and words that are probably, um, you know, setting off some good bells for, for uh, senior folks. And, you know, again, um, they are rooted in outcomes. Um, and so that was a kind of an interesting fact that, that um, they really push on how they can best serve this particular audience and still get high industry leading patient outcomes um, based on their plans. And, and, and again, their high touch care and their, and their concierge care. And I didn't realize this, but they started out in the nineties. So um, they've they've had this time to really kind of um, perfect their messaging and perfect their audience um, kind of marketing, if you will. So I'm I'm uh, I'm interested to see kind of what this leads to with their partnership with Humana and things along those lines as well. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I agree. They started out in Miami Gardens, just in a very you know a small community there, and have branched out nationwide. So they're not in every market, and there's something to be said for that, but. It's this hybrid of virtual and in-person care, which we'll get to. So let's get into the groove. This is our main section of just describing this a little bit more and helping us understand. So I'm taking a quick tour of their website, Peter, and I'm looking at uh, their their homepage. There's a little toggle at the bottom. You can say for doctors or for patients. 
And uh, when I talk over to four patients, the main headline there says, build a relationship with your doctor. So it doesn't say how good our doctors are compared to other doctors. It, it just starts out, build a relationship with your doctor. And then the subtext says, at ShedMed, you get VIP care. So that principle you were just saying about almost like senior concierge level medicine. Right. Uh, you get VIP care. That means a personal doctor and care team who know you, care about you, and have time for you. Right there, that signals there's likely some design thinking that took place to even come up with with that wording, right? And then it also says you have 24-7 access to our doctors, on-site medications, and transportation to appointments at no cost to you. So they address like four or five pain points like right off the bat. Then you can scroll down to find a senior center near you. There's also a section that they call the ChenMed Difference, which is a quick set of stats. There's four different stats that they put there. They say they have a cap placed on patient panels of 450 patients, which honestly, if, if I wasn't in healthcare, I wouldn't know if that was good or bad, but <laughs> right. I'm very, very aware now that that's like 20% of a pretty typical primary care panel. So they they have a lot fewer patients to care for. Uh, then it says a fewer, 33% fewer ER visits and hospitalizations. I think that kind of piques everyone's interest on both sides, on the patient side and the doctor side. Then uh, 10, 10 X, uh, 10 times the, the time in person for doctors and patients. So I think we'll get back to that here in a minute, because I feel like that's part of their mar their brand promise, if you will. And then the 100% board eligible or certified doctors. Okay, so I'm just kind of throwing a lot he out here, Peter. But what stands out to me was in the, some of that initial messaging where they say you have 24-7 access. Okay, so they're talking about access. They say on-site medications. So for any population, getting a prescription is one of the most common parts of your visit. So they're saying we make that easy. And then they also include transportation to appointments at no cost to you. So they're dealing with costs. They're looking at transportation. They're like, okay, here are some common obstacles. And in just like two sentences, they get right down to the point of here's what makes us different. They don't at this point explain here are you know the number of ways that we can tell you that we have a high degree of clinical care, that our quality care is better slightly or slightly worse than somebody else's. I'm learning a lot just based on what some of these primary care disruptors are including in their initial messaging. And I think that's why it's worth paying attention. But what, what sticks out to you? I mean, I think that there, there's two things. First of all, it's, it's a physician-led primary care model. And back to what you said, they're not so worried about where they're ranked or anything like that. They're worried about the, the audience, meaning they, is they want to have a relationship. They, they don't want to be rushed along. They want somebody to understand their their needs. And then, you know, just the fact that that it, it is all about the relationship. That was, the I think, the first thing you said. And that was one of the important things is that anyone that has any one of my friends now that has their parents are still alive. I think that's what I hear from them is, you know, oh, that doctor took, you know, didn't rush me along or, you know, we, you know, we went past the, the normal 17 minute, uh, you know, appointment that we were supposed to have. And in fact, I believe that in one of the upcoming episodes, one of the other um, ones that we're going to be talking about, um, that is a, a major marketing point that they spend at least an hour with somebody. So you can see that they're doing a great job of hitting and addressing, like you said, pain points, but also kind of piling on to those points and making sure that they become actually, you know, audience specific marketing points. It's uh, it's well done. Yeah, I agree. I like how they really do just look at experience-based positioning. And maybe that's the phrase we can start using here. There's a conversation that I've been hearing people having, and, and sometimes I jump in, but it's this 
concept of back in the day, I still see this a lot as a strategy where the thought is, okay, well, let's use digital channels to help people navigate the system. Let's let's provide them the information. And it's probably like a like a pyramid, almost like a Maslow's pyramid, right? A hierarchy of needs where, or, or a, a ver- at the very least, like a level of foundations and you move from one, once you get the foundation established, you get other parts in the strategy happening. And the foundation for a lot of digital engagement with patients and consumers back in the day used to be, yeah, let's, let's help them navigate that. And to a degree, that's still a big part of the types of engagement that we need to have. We need to make it as easy as possible. But lately, this conversation has changed to, okay, let's not just do that. Let's not just help people understand how to navigate this complex system. Let's make the system simpler to begin with. And that's a big ask. That's a tall order. So it doesn't all just happen at once, but that absolutely is part of a brand promise. It's part of your marketing. It's part of what you are telling a patient that they can expect when they engage with your practice. And so I think there's, there's, it's maybe it's just a thing that people understand and don't talk about, but I do think it gets lost in the shuffle a lot among all the tactics that we have to involve in a marketing strategy today. All of the the different pieces there, I feel like there are more more puzzle pieces than ever in marketing success. And it, it can get really easy to just lose this in, in the wake of all of that, right? In the day-to-day, you're in the trenches, you're putting out fires, you're trying new things, but also trying to keep all those plates spinning in the air. Uh, you know, one of those things might not be, hey, let's make sure that we spend some time innovating this experience. Now, I'm, I'm making a bit of a leap and assuming that we, you know, let's get real. Not right. everyone right. has that much better of an experience at ChenMed or, or anywhere else compared to a traditional provider or compared to anyone else out there. But that's not what I'm saying. You know, what I'm saying is the messaging, the wording is important because it indicates what they're at least aiming to do. It is their brand promise is what they're trying to put out there. So I think that's interesting. And the that section of the, the ChenMed difference, if you will, like those those stats were fascinating to me. I, I don't see that those kinds of things anywhere else. Oak Street Health at one point, they may still have it there, but Oak Street at one point had something like this where they just pulled out a few stats. You know, like if you went to a, a health system, I don't know if the very first stat that they would feature on a homepage would be the cap on their patient panels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty bold. <laughs> especially if it changes, you know, like heaven forbid, like that actually yeah. changes a little bit. And again, it's, I do think it's almost like a, I know they're trying to, make a point of it there. But again, if I wasn't in healthcare, I wouldn't know if that was good or bad. There's, you know, 450 is their cap there. And I'm like, okay, I had no idea actually how many other patients my doctor sees. I just care that they treat me well. Right. Well, you know, and and there's two things that I feel are are a little bit missing. And, you know, my sense is it's obviously on purpose. And, um, but I I think it's, it's interesting to, to, to call out is, um, do you see much on pricing in their, throughout their site? Um, I, you know, in, in just doing some, some looking at, at kind of who they are, what they do and, you know, what they're all about. It's, it's, there's really not much transparency on pricing. They just, I don't feel like they actually need to put much out there in pricing. But then the other idea too, is uh, we, we've seen this on some of the other disruptors and, and uh, companies that we've looked at in the past in other episodes, what's kind of that proactive health um, approach. I don't see that uh, as much in their in their messaging, maybe as some of the other ones, um, maybe for kind of middle-aged or Gen Xers, if you will. Um, just a couple of things that I noted as I was looking through this, I wanted to get your thoughts on that a little bit too. 
Oh, well, I'll tell you, I feel like it's almost a shame that they don't make that clear because I'm pretty familiar with their model and with, with the care that they provide. And it is as preventive and value-based as I've ever seen anywhere, just in what I'm familiar with, to the, the fact of the home-based visits that they make. They're not making you come to them in a lot of cases. They will see you in your home and they will see you multiple times a week, whatever it, it takes. And so like that level of care, the fact you're right, like it is not clear in some of their marketing and maybe... Maybe that is intentional. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Like that, yeah. but it's it doesn't necessarily match the the type of care that they do provide. And they do still use some words that are like, I mean, value based. What does value based care mean to a typical Medicare Advantage member? Uh, good question. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 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 It just was something that I saw that was interesting, you know, like, because they, it went, you know, depending on the other, you know, other companies that we've looked at, um, those were, those were very, very high on the, on the, on the, on the messaging level too. So, um, it just kind of a, like a good comp, you know, so it's, it's, it all depends on it's, you know, back to marketing 101 or content marketing. It's all about who's looking at this and, and what, what are their pain points and what are the things that are most important to them? So um, just a kind of an interesting little, uh, little check on those things. I love it. All right, let's move on to the call. This is where we take a look at one thing the marketers can do with this information. What can they do to market with soul? And what we mean by that is how can we actually improve the health of America? This is a discussion, Peter, still I'm not hearing anyone else have really anywhere. And so, you know, we'll keep being the torchbearers here. But what can marketers in healthcare organizations do to actually improve the health of America? This is just kind of a check against the system in my mind to make sure that we don't lose sight of the ultimate goal. It would be a good thing if there are fewer unhealthy things happening in the lives of people in our country. Like that's the standard here. That doesn't mean that there's not room for growth for health systems everywhere, healthcare organizations. There's plenty to do and plenty to help with. But what can we do to improve that overall health? And this also helps, I think, galvanize us to say there are things, there are reasons for us to look to partner with other organizations out there, whether it's because of, hey, referrals or value-based uh, arrangements or, you know, a full risk contracts. And I, I always think that's interesting. I, I love that we ask this question each time because maybe it steers us a little bit differently in our in our marketing at some points. Uh, so in the case of how is, how's ChenMed addressing unhealthy America? <laughs> I mean, I I will go back to the care itself here and their their ability to really do whatever it takes to use a relationship as the focus instead of just transactional medicine, if you will. And again, that's I'm, I'm sure, you know, let's be real, that's, that's not for every single type of care encounter across every single patient that they've ever had, but they have simplified in the fact that it is a membership-based like subscription essentially. And so you can see the doctor or contact them as often as you need each month for the same price. So there is some variability, I, I understand, for certain things, but like that that right there is a is a model of pricing that I feel like that removes a barrier for some of those who just have not trusted the healthcare system to take care of them for whatever reason, unfortunately, then maybe this gives them an incentive to do so. And, you know, you never know, maybe other primary care models out there, including those that are coming from 
health, innovative health systems uh, give us a chance to have some kind of membership-based program that just, again, makes it easier to not be like, okay, I would see them, but that, you know, that one appointment's going to be 150, 200 bucks. You know, if you know, hey, I already paid for this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make that call. I'm going to have that video visit or whatever. I just think the model itself lends itself to potentially uh, improving people's health in that way. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in, in my opinion on, on what they're doing to improve the, the overall health of the United States, I mean, this is a this is a population that is slowly leaving us. Right. This is this is for um, uh, the, the boomer population. This is my parents and your parents, uh, maybe even our grandparents. Um, and th- these are people that um, are frequently um, mistrusting of 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 kind of technology so uh, and then and then on top of it, they remember things how they used to be. Um, the, the longer the longer visits, the relationships with their doctors, they knew they knew their primary care doctor by you know first name and you know all those kinds of things that they this uh, that Chenmet is aiming at. So to, to me, them being in business as long as they have and, and you know they're in uh, you know, 120 senior medical centers in 15 states. They're clearly doing something right with a population that is uh, a little bit harder to please than maybe um, adopters in the Gen X or, or, you know, even earlier the Gen Zs and the millennial millennials and things along those lines. So they got to be doing something right. And um, for that purpose, I'm, I'm happy that they're doing a good job with that particular, um, with that particular audience and, um, and, and demographic. So that's my thoughts on it, to be honest with you. So, um, it was interesting to delve into them. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I agree. It's been fun to look at these guys and I'm sure they'll come up on our radar screen again. And with that, that's a wrap for this episode here. And that's quite frankly enough talk from us. Now it's time to go do something about it. So on behalf of Peter, this is Jared reminding you that modern consumers expect to engage with their health in modern ways. So be sure that you're marketing with soul. Thanks for listening. Thank you.